Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And as we mentioned, we're going to be beginning a series here upon the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And for this particular episode, Father, I want to begin with one of the ones that I think that I just fundamentally am missing something here. And that is fear of the Lord. And this is probably from the way that an insight about how good of a student I was in seventh and eighth grade. And as far as all this, because the the two thoughts that I've had as, as we've approached this particular episode and thinking about them ahead is that something you have said repeatedly, relationships are how we learn and what humans are built for. And God essentially gave us their gift. And as I think through functioning good relationships, normally one person is not scared of the other. So that just kind of gets me to a title. I'm missing something already before we start. And as I'm going through this, I, you know, you write down your definition book as you're, you're learning things, fear of the Lord and kind of like, what does this mean? And all of that. And I think that just somewhere along the way, I missed the grasp of what the chapter, as you mentioned, as far as how we can fill in the data, what the chapter is actually supposed to be about. It's one of these things where I, I took a title. I might've taken it too literally and just went down a wrong direction. So I'm assuming I am not the only person who has ever come across this thought or, or why is it said like that? And what does it actually mean? So I'm coming from a web of yarn that is way balled up and probably tied at some bad spots. And I'm going to basically let you straighten everything out and put us down the right path here. (laughs) I like, I like how you're using those analogies and uh, opening that up. Yeah. As we said in our first, uh, first half uh, our last episode rather the uh you know we, we're pretty good at, at having chapter headings the uh seven deadly sins the uh, uh the seven virtues the ten commandments uh, the ten choirs of angels the eight beatitudes the seven gifts of the holy spirit the 12 fruits of the spirit you know it's like we get all these different uh these different things and and it really is useful for getting our head around. One of the things that's nice about it is it, it covers the whole scope. So uh, the entire moral law is really contained within the Ten Commandments. It fits in there somewhere, you know. And so uh, if if you did an examination of conscience and you covered all Ten Commandments, you know that you've you haven't left anything out in a, in a certain sense. Now, some of that requires a little bit more kind of cramming in and and uh, hitching up to. Uh, make it fit. But anyway, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as I said in the first episode, it's about becoming God. So about being animated with God's own spirit. You made a comment, just because you learned the moonwalk doesn't make you Michael Jackson, but it does make you more like Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's uh, that That is a connection. You know, you make that connection. You see a moonwalk and you think Michael Jackson, because it is it is taking a little bit of his spirit you know, it certainly is not that he's a lot more than the moonwalk, right? Obviously, um, but it is taking a little bit of his spirit and learning that. And then we might make our own elaboration on that, but it's still, you know, a little bit of uh, of taking from that. So we're learning God's moves. That's the point. We're learning to move as he does. Now, when we're talking about movements with God, we're, we're ultimately talking about facets of love. God is always... Uh, 
uh, bringing about more love. God who is love is sowing seeds of love, is living that out in the in the context of creation. So uh, we're, we're learning God's moves. And so what does the whole picture look like? If we were fully animated by the Holy Spirit, what would we look like? We would look like Jesus Christ, right? He is the one who was fully animated by the Holy Spirit because he is God. So that's what, and, and the amazing thing is we know what God looks like in human flesh because that's what Jesus is, God in human flesh. And so it's not like his thing is different from our thing. God is, it, Jesus Christ is really God in human flesh. He is God, he is, he is a human being fully animated by the Holy Spirit. And so as we learn to be more animated by the Holy Spirit, as we learn to respond to those subtle winds that blow, and uh, as we allow the Holy Spirit to shape us, to guide us, uh, our, guide our thinking and our feeling, we become more one with Jesus. We become more of Jesus. So that's uh, that's what he's shaping us into. And that's not surprising in one way. It's the reason that we pray, Our Father. I don't have my own relationship with the Father in the sense that my relationship with the Father fits into Jesus's relationship with the Father. And so I'm learning to have a relationship with the Father like Jesus has. And what is that relationship? That relationship is the Holy Spirit. So that's that's the way that Jesus loves the Father. And that's the way that Jesus receives the Father's love is the Holy Spirit. And so that's uh, that's going to be the case also for us. So. Uh, sorry. So, so specifically, as we get into the conversation of of the specific gift of fear of the Lord, um, why don't we just start by unpacking what that actually is trying to tell us and, and what that means, so that way we can just go from there. So the the gift of the fear of the Lord is one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and. Uh, sometimes we arrange the gifts of the Holy Spirit in, um, that's interesting, The uh, with, with the fear of the Lord at the bottom. Generally, we do that. We put the fear of the Lord at the bottom because the fear of the Lord, as it says in the Psalms, is the beginning of wisdom. And so we see that as a kind of... It's not really an entryway. We get all of these things. But anyway, the wisdom is the is the big gift. We put that at the top. And the fear of the Lord we put at the bottom because it's the beginning of wisdom. And, and really the movement upward is toward wisdom. And wisdom is going to correspond with charity. As we should all know, the queen of the virtues is, uh, is, is charity, the mother of all virtues. Um, I'm mixing terms there. Anyway, the, uh, the, the, we are, holiness is about charity. We're, Holiness is our charity is our oneness, our unity with God, God who is love. And so that's going to be the top of the gifts. And wisdom is the is the top of the gifts. Um, sorry, charity is the top of the virtues. Wisdom is the top of the gifts. And so the beginning of wisdom is the bottom of the gifts, we could say. And, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, what is the fear of the Lord? Well, it's not fear like I'm afraid of the dark. It's not fear like I'm afraid of uh, having my head bitten off by my boss. 
It's not fear like I'm afraid of uh, falling off a cliff. It's not fear like I'm afraid of catching a pandemic. It's not fear in those senses of trembling fear that makes us paralyzed and, uh, and takes life away from us. So clearly it's not that kind of fear. And about that kind of fear, St. John says, uh, perfect love casts out fear. So what kind of fear is it? It's, uh, it's the kind of fear that is, is really sensitive to another. Um, I like to express it in, the, in this way that uh, was, was attributed to John Paul II. I have yet to track down the quote, but it's the kind of thing he would say if he didn't actually say it. But he said, it's the fear of harming a very small child. So it's not the fear of having too little, it's actually the fear of having too much. It's not the fear of uh, being, being deprived or being hurt in ourselves, it's the fear of doing damage to something beautiful. And so the fear of harming a very small child, it's the way that we hold a baby. We don't hold a baby by its arm and drag it around, you know, or, or by its head or something like that and carry it around. We don't, we don't carry it like a piece of luggage. We carry a baby with a tenderness, with a reverence that is uh, cradling and cherishing something that is beautiful and that is fragile. And so the way that we carry something or care for something or someone who is fragile, who can be broken, is that's the kind of fear that's more of a sensitivity and a lot of times that fear of the Lord will be translated as a reverence or a wonder and awe because I'm aware that I'm standing before a mystery that if I sneeze, <laughs> if I make a violent movement, I could end up just spreading it. I have a relationship with God which is so perfectly ordered, so beautiful. And sin is like taking a big black marker and making a scratch across the whole thing. Or is like taking it and just, you know, having a, having a crystalline structure, which is just so perfectly, beautifully arranged, and just smashing it on the ground. And I'm aware that I can do that. I have the capacity for that in my own disordered free will. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't ever want to do something to damage this beautiful relationship with God that I've been given. Destroying it, marring it, breaking it through sin. I don't want to miss. You know, it's like that's the kind of uh, fear when we're in a we're in a really good movie. We don't even want to go and and use the bathroom in the middle of the movie because I'm afraid to miss even a minute. That's the right kind of fear. It's I'm captivated by this thing. It's such a treasure. I don't want to turn away from this rainbow. I don't want to stop looking at this sunset. I don't want to stop holding this baby in my arms. I don't want to move out of this place of prayer where I've come close to the Lord. I don't want to leave the church where there are so many beautiful things that bring me into contact with God. That's the fear of reverence, of awe. It's a fear of cherishing what is actually good and beautiful. And it's that sensitivity which 
That's the first thing, obviously. We can't learn from God if we don't think we have anything to learn. We, we can't receive from him if we don't think that it's worth receiving. It's it probably, you know this from, uh, I don't know, my childhood, we went to a lot of museums and uh, I, you know, was like not interested in museums and and just walked past things probably walked past the hope diamond you know or walked past a some some beautiful creation that's 5000 years old or something like that some amazing treasures that i saw and i didn't have any interest in them i wasn't reverent i wasn't afraid of breaking them because i didn't care about them at all and if i had accidentally broken them i wouldn't have cared other than the beating I would have gotten after that. But, uh, you know, it's like, if we don't reverence something, we can't, we can't receive from it. And so that's the, that's the beginning of our, our relationship with God. Let me just pause there and, uh, let you respond. And then I can offer a few more thoughts about that. So one of the thoughts that had come in, into my head as, as preparing this episode was an analogy you actually got to anyway, which was when Jesus says to enter the kingdom of God, you have to act like a child. And it's almost as if you just said this from the perspective of the adult with the child. And that's what this virtue is, is that when you're, you see a child, you see essentially innocence. You see someone who, who, is fully dependent upon someone else. You know, a four-year-old can't go up, make a living. They need to, they need someone who can help them, who can, you know, give the roof, the utilities, the whole nine yards. And this is the, I don't want to ruin them from not just a physical standpoint, but from, from the spiritual and the ultimate truth. And I think that, that what I've taken away from what you've just said is that, Inherently, we all can tell when there's something that's just a like a perfect moment, you know, and, and they all come in different various ways. And, and there's certainly not just one, but you can tell when you're at, the, at an extraordinary moment. It's probably a better way to say it. It's something that doesn't come around very often. And there's a lot of buildup. You just feel it inside of you. And that essentially, from what I've gathered, fear of the Lord is trying to not ruin those moments and eventually being able to try to make more of them. And unless I'm completely misunderstood, that's the, the context that, that I just gathered. And then obviously how that can be the starting building point to establishing a relationship. Because I think those of us that, that have been in good relationships, there tend to be more of those types of moments than our weaker relationships or our more distant relationships and I think that that's just something that's that that's fundamental, you know, because it's very rare to have a a wide group moment like that. I mean, honestly, I think there's been one of those in my life, and that was the morning of nine eleven, um, where there was a large group of people who felt this same "what's going on" feeling at the same time. Now, obviously, that's the negative. Uh, of this is fear of the Lord is the positive that we want to stay towards this and 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 grow. Um, and that we can. And I think that, that that's the part of it is, is that since this is God and God's always there for those who are willing to be with him, that we can hold this. We just need to figure out how to perfect this gift more. So with that being said, that's what I took away from it. 
and I want to, you know, obviously make sure that I'm not steering anyone wrong or that I am wrong since I started with a incorrect starting point. Well, there's a there's another dimension of childlikeness that we can see in fear of the Lord. So there's a there's a part of fear of the Lord which is acknowledging the power that we have to destroy what's beautiful because we mistreat it or to ignore what's beautiful because we are indifferent and uh, that destroying was what was kind of elicited by the caring you know caring for a child uh, in in the fragile beauty of that human person so that hopefully is meant to elicit from our listeners the feeling in our hearts that uh, of what that sensitivity that reverence is like like when you're holding a child or as you described very beautifully when you're having a moment and you just think you you almost want to hold your breath because you don't even you're it's like even breathing might might wreck this thing and so i just i don't want to take my eyes away and and there's a, a sensitivity now there's another way that fear of the lord is childlike in the sense that children often naturally have a sense of awe and wonder about things that we as adults have become indifferent about and that's natural it's not a gift of the holy spirit yet in them although the the holy spirit certainly can and does work through that but at a natural level they just haven't seen these things before and so they're like amazed at the frog you know they're amazed at this at this tadpole or they're they're amazed at this uh, strange rock that they have to collect or the seashell that they've never seen even though there are 70,000 of them like it on the beach but they found this one that's amazing you know there's that that sense of awe and wonder that children have that we can learn from and god is more like children in that way than he's like indifferent adults that get bored and G.K. Chesterton describes this so wonderfully in his book, Orthodoxy, when he says, it's the child who says, do it again, do it again. When you throw him up in the air, when you you know flip him on his head, do it again, do it again. And the adult gets bored, tired, exhausted far sooner than the child does. And he said, what if every sunrise is that way? It's God saying, do it again. What if every flower is that way? It's God saying, do it again. It's his delight in every creature, in every creation, and he never gets tired of it. And so we become more godlike by becoming more childlike. Now, children also tend to have a kind of, anyway, they, they learn a sensitivity. Uh, they are themselves very sensitive, and so they're inclined also to be sensitive as they understand how to express that. Little children are often sensitive towards babies or, you know, uh, again, they have to learn that a little bit. But but becoming, you know, fear of the Lord, well, really all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there is a way that they are about becoming childlike. You you quoted my, my favorite verse, unless you become like this child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so there is a way that becoming more godlike also involves becoming more childlike. Yeah, and... And, you know, I, I think that the, in, in the context of what we're talking about here, you, know, you can see when a child realizes that they just messed something up, you know, and, and then all of the 
natural things, you know, trying to run away and hide, blame it on someone else. You kind of go through the list of natural things that a child does. But as adults, are we can certainly still have some of those instincts, but eventually somewhere down along the line comes, we'll fix it. You know, you just spilled some milk. It's no longer we need to run away and blame your brother. It's we're just going to get a towel and fix this. And so I, I think that that one of the, the things that you have brought up many times is that often we have become so jaded by the fact that we can fix the majority of things of our lives. But when it comes to God, we're not really fixing it. We, we, we Like when it comes to sin, just saying, staying in a spot of sin and saying, okay, I'm still living my life. Nothing really that bad's happened. It's okay that I lie all the time. It's going to work out. It's been working out so far. It's going to keep working out. But we don't really see in essence how that problem is growing and making us worse because we've become indifferent to that shock of I lost something that was pure and we just become worse and worse at it. So if I'm understanding you right, it's still being aware of when there is something pure to keep it. And then I'm assuming also when we have messed up, we're also aware that we've messed up at it, that we can sense that we did something wrong so that ultimately we can learn from it and not do wrong the next time. Is that a correct uh, intuition? Yeah, we're certainly, uh, certainly growing in that sensitivity and we'll be we'll be sensitive to failures as well as to uh, uh, preventing failures so because we're uh, become more sensitive of how our sin can destroy God's work how easily we can offend him and and hurt him how easily we can uh, wreck our relationship with him then we become more sensitive to using those uh, you know using ourselves our decisions uh, in a in a more uh, in, a, in a holier way, more in union with God. Um, so uh, part of this this gift, we always see the gifts uh, as they they also work, they correspond with the virtues. And one of the virtues that can be connected with the gift of the fear of the Lord along these lines is the virtue of temperance. Uh, temperance helps us, uh, prevents us from uh, overindulging uh, in, in what is good also helps us to actually appreciate what is good. So we, we savor things, the, the emotions, the concupiscible appetites have to do with savoring good things, enjoying the good, and, uh, and then also suffering from the, the bad. So that's, we, we feel those things. Sadness is a part of the concupiscible appetites and uh, enjoyment is part of the concupiscible appetite. So the, uh, the virtue of temperance governs that, those, uh, those appetites and helps them to work correctly, neither to enjoy things we're not supposed to enjoy, forbidden pleasures, um, nor to be sad about things we shouldn't be sad about. And, uh, you know, things that, that are not good for us anyway, when a child, you know, when you take the knife away from the child and he screams because it's like the worst thing that ever happened to him. It's like, well, you shouldn't have been taking enjoyment in that knife to begin with. Uh, so the, the virtue of temperance 
goes around these things. And that that's a sensitivity that corresponds with uh, uh, the gift of the fear of the Lord. So temperance is brought to perfection in that way. Uh, justice and hope are also brought to perfection through the fear of the Lord. Uh, hope because we really see the, the grandeur, the majesty, the beauty of God and his capacity to work all things to the good. No matter how bad things are, we believe that God can make something beautiful come out of this. We really see God's uh, handiwork and, and are able to stretch forward into that and, and be uh, strengthened by that. So the virtue of hope is perfected by the, the gift of the fear of the Lord. And likewise with justice, you know, that's the, we can so easily damage a small child. We can so easily wreck relationships. We so easily violate justice through our, our human sinfulness. And the fear of the Lord helps us to really reverence persons and things in, as well as God in a way that we uphold those relationships. So justice is the kind of big umbrella under which we have piety, um, which has to do with our, our love for our, our parents, uh, our respect for our parents, justice toward our parents. Uh, religion, which is our justice towards God, giving him what is his due, and then uh, the kind of equanimity of, of giving to each other what, what we're due. So uh, fear of the Lord is, a, is a, a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to live out in the whatever complexities of this life, a real reverence for the good and, and uh, a reverence for persons and a reverence for God. And one of the things that science has been able to prove is that us taking us as individuals taking an individual moment and becoming more aware of it and becoming open and truly trying to study what our feelings are as individuals what am i sense you know sensing what am i feeling actually opens up pathways to receiving better and better moments, which is part of what fear of the Lord is. So as far as an actual action step that can make this a, a more willing to make us less like a rubber wire and more like a, a copper wire to go to the analogy before is to actually slow our lives down and become more open and aware. And this goes along exactly what you're saying with temperance in that don't overindulge in things that are essentially mind numbing and try to focus more in a particular moment in time, especially when involved in relations with others that you can focus and be able to be more aware and less oblivious, less ignorant. Um, because as you were going through the, those analogies before, um, you know, we basically have three directions that, that if keep coming up, you can either be positive going down the direction, using the gifts, using the virtues. You can be completely against them and throwing them out and avoiding them and causing chaos. Or you can be indifferent. And as Jesus said, that's the worst category to be in. And I think that also calls to looking at ourselves and that even if we're adults and closer to the end than the beginning, we certainly can still act more like children within our own lives. We can learn how to recultivate that just by coming aware of certain things. 
So with that being said, Father, I want to give you a chance to, to give the final words here on today's episode as, as we're concluding uh, Fear of the Lord. Hmm. Well, as I mentioned, uh, we, we set this up in talking about the chapter headings that uh, our faith, Catholic faith provides us with. Another thing, as I've already started to do, is uh, that we tend to do is fitting things together. Oh, well, there are, there are seven virtues and seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Probably there's some uh, connection there. And then there are eight Beatitudes, but there's kind of seven main Beatitudes, you know, so maybe they fit together. <laughs> this is a, These are uh, the kinds of mental games that we tend to play, but there's really a, there's some insight that comes from that. So just to conclude, the gift of the fear of the Lord corresponds with the Beatitude of blessed are the poor in spirit. And we see the matching in a couple of ways. As I said, the fear of the Lord is kind of the entryway. It's the number one gift. It's the beginning of wisdom. And the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And in their content, they match up because the poor in spirit have a humility. They see everything is so great and, and really God providing all of these riches for them. In humility, they don't consider themselves to be so great and everything to be beneath them, but at, at, rather in their littleness and emptiness, it's like, wow, everything's amazing. You know, they say that the best spice that you can put on food is hunger. <laughs> when you're hungry, everything tastes good. When you're poor, everything is amazing. And so that poor in spirit and the gift of the fear of the Lord uh, have a way of going together. And we really see this in a, in a St. Francis, for example, who was amazed at, at simple things because he had nothing. He really intentionally got rid of everything. So he had nothing. So everything was a gift for him. If somebody gave him a crust of bread, that was amazing. And that's really uh, brought to perfection by the gift of the fear of the Lord. So um, just a lot of insight backing up again to the point of this, it's not so much about memorizing categories or developing strange vocabulary or trying to perfectly match this up as if there's no overlap. In fact, the gifts, there's a lot of overlap going on, and it's a little bit artificial to carve them into their own chapters. But you got to put things somewhere, and you got to organize things in some way. And so it's a it's a nice way to, to organize things. I should have said the list of the gifts comes from Isaiah chapter 11, uh, the spirit of the Lord shall come upon him, and uh, he shall be receive a spirit of uh, wisdom and knowledge and and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. The uh, anyway, the the Catholic theology saw in that passage that ultimately is applied to Jesus. He had this sevenfold spirit. And so insofar as we are being transformed into Jesus, we also have the sevenfold spirit that comes to us through, through baptism. And so that's where we get some of those things. So it gives us some ways to think about our lives, to think about holiness, uh, to think about how I always remember a question you asked early on. How do we measure this thing? You know, how do we know we're growing? What does the end result look like? Well, this is part of that. The end result looks like Jesus, and the path that's there is through becoming more docile. That's receptive and responsive to the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perfect. Well, on that note, we, we certainly thank everyone for listening and, and being with us here this week, and we'll be with you again next week.